Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. Today we are in week three of our sermon series called Living Sacrifice. And what we're doing in this series is we make our way through the dark season of Lent towards the light of Resurrection Sunday. It's delving into what it really looks like to live Christian. So in week one, and to set the foundation for this entire series, we explored what Paul means when he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And what we learn through this teaching is that to live Christian, or to live our lives as devoted followers of Jesus, means that we offer Every part of who we are is a gift to God. And to help us begin to, to grasp what it, what it looks like, what it means to live our lives as a gift, we find that Paul goes on over the next couple of chapters to, to give us specific examples of sacrificial living, starting first with his teaching on the body of Christ, and that there's no such thing as a solitary Christian. You can't do the Christian faith on your own. That's what we talked about last week. Then what we're going to be talking about this week is, is what it means to love, what it looks like to love. And then what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is jumping into topics like how are we as Christians supposed to respond to the government? Do, what does it mean to grow and thrive as a Christian? And then we're going to talk about what it looks like to renew our minds, what it looks like to think and act as someone who is committed to Christ. And that's what we're going to be doing to continue to learn what it means to live Christian. So, to continue our journey today, let's jump into to what Paul means or what Paul has to teach us about love. He says this in Romans 12, 9. Let love be genuine. Let love be genuine. And by genuine, what I believe Paul is getting at is how we're being called to love in the same way that Jesus loved. Because it doesn't get any more genuine than the way Jesus loved the world. And what genuine love looks like is to hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Or love is not, nor has it ever been, about anything goes. And it's not just about warm and fuzzies, where if it feels good, then it can't be bad. No, love is and always has been about standing up to what is evil in, in the world in justice, while at the same time holding on to and fighting for everything that is good, right, and just, just like Jesus. It also looks like loving one another with mutual affection. And the radical love that Paul is describing here is in the same way we devote our lives to our closest family members by caring for them, no matter what, because they are family, we're being called to love others. Or Paul is teaching us that love is Jesus' love. We have to expand that love that, that we have for those who are related to us or those who are closest to us to include all of our brothers and sisters in Christ or anyone else who might need our help. Love also looks like outdoing one another and showing honor. 
Or instead of devoting our lives to being in this competition or trying to be better than others by putting others down. You know, the rat race of life. What brotherly love looks like is to do what we can to help others thrive. Or to help them to become all that God has created them to be. Which, by the way, is not the kind of love that you can just give yourself to half-heartedly. Or whenever you feel like it. No, this is the kind of love that takes everything that you got. Which is why Paul says... Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Or literally, what Paul is getting at in the Greek here is that when it comes to loving as Jesus loved, you can't be lazy, but instead have to give your life, your everything to serving God and others because that's how Jesus loved. That's what it takes. It takes everything that you are. Then in the face of tragedy and suffering, this kind of love doesn't cower in fear or run and hide. Now, this kind of love rejoices in hope, is patient in suffering, and perseveres in prayer. Or when things get bad, this kind of love looks like patient endurance, not panic and fear. Because as Christians, instead of getting caught up and overwhelmed in what has happened, or instead of being defined by our circumstances, we spend our time seeking and holding on to God, rejoicing that He is far bigger and brighter than any kind of darkness the world has to offer. Which means it doesn't matter what you face in this life. There's always hope. There's always something to hold on to. That's what this kind of love looks like. Then when it comes to our haters, how many of you have some haters? Everybody's got somebody. Love is not about hating back. But it's about learning to bless those who curse you. And for those who are experiencing the amazing highs and success that this life has to offer, doing great things in this world, our job is not to be jealous and cut them down, but to join them in that celebration because of what they're doing. For those who are facing the worst case scenario that this life has to offer, our job is to join them in the midst of that suffering and sadness and do what we can to help. When it comes to doing our life with other people, we are to live in harmony with one another And not be haughty, but associate with the the lowly. Or love lived out means we are the ones who are supposed to be going out of our ways to make peace and create harmony. Not the ones who are stirring up trouble. It's our job to create peace and harmony. It's not someone else's. It's our job to create peace and harmony. That's what we're called to do, not only in the church, but wherever we may be. Which we can do because we understand that in the eyes of God, we're no better than anyone else. We are no better than anyone else and are being called to love and care for everyone as servants of the world. Remember, Jesus didn't come to make us kings and uh, those who have all the power. No, Jesus came as a servant to the world. So that means that's what we're supposed to do, especially to those people who are forgotten, those who are weird, those who are hard to love. We're called to love them. We're called to go out of our way. And love. And then we've also got to get past this notion that we're the ones who've got it right while everyone else is just a bunch of dummies. Which, by the way, is a truth that is so important that this is the second time that Paul has said, don't claim to be wiser than you are. And then even when it comes to our enemies, you know, those people we can't stand, those people, It just makes us sick to think about them. 
as Christians, our answer to evil should never be more evil or should never be revenge, but instead should always be the kind of people who choose the high road. Or instead of allowing ourselves to, to, to stoop to the ways and the standards of others by jumping into the muck and mire of eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And let's be honest, it feels good to get in the muck and mire, doesn't it? We're, we're called to stay above that no matter what evil is done to us. And the reason we're able to respond to evil with good is because we know we're not God. And that God is the only one who is smart enough to judge any of us, including our enemies. And we also know that when it comes to everything being said and done, that our God is going to work everything out according to what is fair, just, and right. So we leave the judging to God and choose to respond in love. Now, I was working on this sermon yesterday at the Bounce Park um, as my girls were jumping, right? So what happens is after I'm done, I take about an hour and we're there for two hours, is the first thing I see is I've, my child is crying over here and there's another child crying here. And so apparently what my daughter did is like you do at one of these places, she jumped and landed on another girl. And there's 300, 400 kids in this place. It's happening all over the place. It's just the nature of this thing. But the lady who was the mother of the girl that my daughter jumped on, started yelling at my daughter. So this lady is a little bit older than I am, and she called my six-year-old girl the B word. So I don't know about you guys, but the um, quickest way for me to make an enemy is if someone attacks my daughter. But thankfully, I had just read Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So I snatched up my baby girl and I held my wife back. My wife was on fire, by the way. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, go deal. And th this lady got chirpy and was saying things and all sorts of stuff to my wife. So I got that handled, grabbed my daughter. We went and sat down. She needed a moment and her feelings were hurt more than anything else. Right? This, this older lady called her a horrible name. Um, and we're sitting there, and she, she's crying and all that stuff. I'm like, you got to let it go. You made a mistake. It's not that big a deal. you got to let it go. And so more and more she did it, the more and more she did it. And I said, hey, we don't respond to others who act that way with more evil. It just doesn't do any good. And she looked up at me, and I'm so proud. She's like, yeah, Daddy, we're called to love our enemies. Right? How cool is that? Thankfully, I had just read that verse. <laughs> because who knows what I would have done if I didn't just read that verse. And then to think about what good would it have done me or anybody in that situation if I would have got in it with this lady. If I would have yelled and screamed. It wouldn't have done anybody any good. It made the situation worse, not only for my daughter, but for every single person involved. No, you got to walk away. And my hope is, is that that lady and that girl are doing fine. And I hope we can all walk away and it was just a kid's mistake and it was no big deal. Now, that's simple. That happened at a jump part. It's not that big a deal. What if we did that all the time in everything that we faced? 
that changes the world, that makes the world better. So, so now that you're beginning to see in very practical ways what it looks like to, to live this love, what we find Paul doing to bring all of this together is Paul goes on to explain that loving as Jesus loved is actually the most important part of what it means to live Christian. He begins in 13.8 by saying this, we owe no one anything except to love one another. Owe no one anything except to love one another. Or the only real responsibility that we have when it comes to others is to love them. And love here is not just about the way you feel, right? It's about the way you treat other people. Or to get a bit technical, kind of in an overall way, the, the way the New Testament defines love, if you want to define it, is to seek the physical, mental, and spiritual well-being of others. That's what it means to love, to seek the physical, spiritual, and mental well-being of others. And the reason why Paul tells us that, that love is the only thing that we owe to others is because if we really will devote our lives to others and all that we do, if we really will work towards what's best for those people we encounter, what then happens is everything else follows from that. All the other commandments, all the other things that God is teaching us and telling us to do will come out of that. Or like one domino sets into motion the, the cascading event of hundreds of other dominoes falling. Love is the domino that sets everything else in motion in the Christian life. It's the foundation. It's where we begin. Or as Paul describes for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. We all know that, right? We've got it memorized. It's ingrained in us. We've got to start living it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he concludes by saying, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Or again, if you make loving your priority, the foundation of who you are, you'll find everything else about the way you live your life follows from that. How amazing and simple is that, right? Now, I know you guys are going to get sick of me talking about my girls today, but um, Oftentimes, the way that God speaks to me the most in how he works in the world is, is in the relationship I have with my girls. And so the way I make sense of what I have just told you guys is I, I think about these two girls I have, right? My life is completely and totally devoted to them, helping them to grow and to thrive and become these girls that God has created them to be. Or my life is about seeking the, the physical, mental, and spiritual well-being of the, these creatures that God has put in my care. And the truth is... There's nothing, and I mean almost nothing, that, that I won't do to make sure that these girls thrive. And I, I know it's cliche, but I'll move heaven and earth. I'll give my life for these girls. And I think you parents know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, what I think Paul is getting at here is that I am being called to expand that love beyond just my girls. Because that's how Jesus loved the world. Think, think about the love and devotion that you have for your kiddos, those that you're closest to. We're called to expand that. Now, we're limited creatures. We can't do this for everybody at all time, but we can do more. 
So we're being called to expand that kind of love that we have for our family, those who are closest to us, for others, or those that God puts in our path. And what all of that means is if you really do want to become the kind of person who is offering your body as a living sacrifice, if you want to know what it looks like to live your life as a gift every single day, then your goal in life shouldn't be success, shouldn't be money, shouldn't be comfort, shouldn't be trying to have it all figured out. No, your goal needs to be to love as Jesus loves or to do all that you can to seek the physical, mental, and spiritual well-being of those that God has put in your charge and those that you encounter. Because again, if you'll do that, everything else falls into place. Love. Love. What does it mean to be a Christian? Love. Love. Go love the world. Let us pray. Father, we know that love is what this faith is all about. We've seen the love that Jesus gives on the cross that changes everything. We know in our minds that love has to be the foundation. But help us today move what we know in our heads to our hearts so that we can live it. Or help us to be the kind of people who are all about bringing peace and harmony to the world. Help us be the kind of people who when we see injustice, when we see evil in the world, we stand against it. Help us to be the kind of people who are devoted to helping others into the life that is truly life. Lord, may we put love first. May we live love so that everything else follows. We ask this in your name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.